And welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter, but we're a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. You can more importantly follow the show on Twitter as well. That is at HEFpod. Follow us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash HEFpod. And also email this podcast. That is heyintrackpanford at gmail.com. Don't do this show alone. And back from his European travels is Roman in San Francisco. Hello, Roman. What's up? I'm so happy to be back in Cali. Good to be (laughs) back in the US of A. Uh, Even though it was also nice to be in Germany, especially watching the Eintracht matches, right? Even though mm -hmm. Berlin, I could not. Yeah, what can you say? We're going to get there in a minute. But yeah, good to be back. It is good to have you back, old friend. It has been far too long. But apparently you were uh, sunning, I mean, you were enjoying yourself in Germany, sunning yourself in Spain. I mean, you were sure that I miss all the important matches. Yeah, (laughs) you're here. You were there. You were everywhere. That being said, uh, let's get into the snooze fest. Uh, Sorry. Spoiler alert. That was Eintracht Frankfurt nil. Hertha Berlin nil. we weren't exactly the strongest looking team out there. You know, Hertha created a couple goal scoring opportunities after being pretty woeful the last couple of weeks. But I think obviously uh, some real soul searching has been done by them because they then showed up. And uh, let's be honest, this is one of those matches that you are always going to look at on the schedule and be like, how did that just turn into a turd? Because, let's be honest, it was dull. It was unimaginative because Hertha Berlin is not really a very imaginative sort of side. And it, I mean, look, there were chances from open play. There were set-piece opportunities there, yes. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the Eintracht just... What they seem to be performing as was just a team that is just waiting, biding their time until Thursday. It's I, understandable considering the, you know, uh, nature of things, but you know, that t- if we weren't helped out, uh, by Stuttgart and if we weren't helped out by Wolfsburg, you know, Hoffenheim could have gotten to 53 points uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach could be tied with the Eintracht on 54 points. I mean, that being said, you know, we uh, we didn't lose. We picked up one point with our nil-nil draw. But the team is just starting. I think that fatigue is starting to get to them just a tiny bit. And they very much were saving themselves for Thursday. Yeah, it's so... I think there are a couple of things about this game, right? So, number one, first of all, like in order to make it, I had my, my I had an increased alcohol consumption during the match. Mm-hmm. Um, however, though, in my history of watching Berlin games, right, they usually don't turn out that well. For some reason, we 
always, or when I'm in the stadium, we always suck against Hertha. Uh, actually, not we don't suck, but we kind of still get these goals. So my usual uh, Hertha Berlin match is like, okay, uh, Frankfurt is playing the game, you know, like going, it, it just looks like Frankfurt is going to score. But then suddenly, boom, Hertha leads 1 0. You're like, wait a second, how did that happen? There was like 22 1 chances, and now Berlin is up 1 1, one score. Then they keep on playing, and then, boom, It's the same thing all over again. 20 more chances for Frankfurt and one for Berlin, and it's 2-0 for, for Berlin. Um, so I'm usually very unlucky with Berlin games. But um, this time it was, yeah, as you say, it was a boring game, a really boring game to watch, in my opinion. Like I said, uh, maybe I don't remember as much anymore for good reasons, you know, that my brain blocked it all out. But, um, yeah, it was... I think I think I just think they're this is number two. I just think they're just getting tired, you know. I think they're worn out, and um, they're like all, I mean, up the game for the for the Europa League matches, and for the Bundesliga, they just don't have the power anymore. I think they're just tired, and I you hope know, they. It is it is just kind of weird because you think about it, and two points easily could have been earned here. Then you yeah. had your two points that were dropped against Wolfsburg. Put those four points in there, and then you have a set oh a God. very large seven yeah. point lead, you know, in the Bundesliga with just three matches to go. And European qualification is guaranteed for at minimum Europa League for next season. Yeah. I mean, like if the worst honestly to the worst the Eintracht could finish outside of the European places the likelihood of that is still pretty is still pretty low because then you're at mm. uh, you're facing off the Eintracht still has to play uh, Leverkusen uh, coming up right in between uh, our matches with Chelsea and you don't really want to have to you don't really know what to expect from Leverkusen they'll throw down an absolute turd of a performance, and then yeah. they'll blitz Augsburg uh, for four goals. So you ne never know on, in terms of what you can possibly get from a match in the Bundesliga. Yeah, absolutely. I think mainly one of one of the reasons is that towards the end of a of, of a league, you know, they're always a little bit tired, mm -hmm. right? Uh, all the players, and I mean, this is of course Frankfurt. We get lots of games with the Europa League and everything, but I think towards the end of the season, most of the teams, you know, that's why at the end of the season there are so many weird. Uh, um, uh, situations, you know, like how Dortmund lost, and I mean, that's going to be the next topic, how weird the Bundesliga is right now, <laughs> all the ones Very that true. lost, right, so uh, even Hoffenheim, who was like total on a run but I think even now they're getting tired I think towards the end of the season, lots of shit happens, and it's uh, um, a lot of tired legs and uh, yes, okay, in our situation it's very special um, especially with Da Costa, for example, right who did not, I, I don't know was he out 30 minutes in the, in the whole of season in all, all the matches I don't know, so um, yeah, but in general I think a, a lot of players are out and, and tired whether they're from Frankfurt, from Leverkusen, from Bayern or Hoffenheim and this I think is, is going to be our chance, it's because it's not going to happen that now Gladbach And 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 uh, Hoffenheim and Leverkusen they win they they win all of them and we uh, lose all of them. I think we're going to get six more points somehow along the way, uh, and that's going to be enough because the others are not going to score as quick. Crazy as we see, the others get nervous too. You know, like we 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 still got an advantage, 
um, and we got our great Europa League experience. And let's just hope we we kick ass to Chelsea. And um, yeah, but I mean the game was exactly that. They were tired. They uh, and, and I even go one step further. I think it's the same for the fans, the supporters, right? Because like you cannot keep this high level of everything up you know on a constant basis like when you have these great europa league matches in between um you cannot transform uh um yeah it's, it's tough right so let's just hope the the legs will work and adi Hütter uh, gets the chance and uh, and and yeah and, and this like berlin and club and wolfsburg are exceptions to the rule and um that they took two games to take a little break and now they just got to go back on track Indeed, indeed. Let's talk a little bit about the Bundesliga Roman before we get into our fav- one of our favorite uh, bits on Hey on Trek Frankfurt. Hashtag what are we drinking? Uh, you kind of made mention of Borussia Dortmund. Uh, so the Bundesliga uh, th- match day 31 is in the books. Uh, Saturday, so as Hotha and Eintracht were playing out to a forgettable nil-nil match, uh, all <laughs> there was some excitement elsewhere in the Bundesliga that was yeah. going on. Yeah, so uh, at the Signale Duna Park, Westfalen Stadion, uh, depends on uh, which way you would like to look at it. Uh, Borussia Dortmund, you know, title chasing Borussia Dortmund at that. Uh, they had they is shitting the bed the right way to put it, or did they just? I mean, just laid an egg. How would you describe Schalke for Borussia Dortmund 2 after the way that we, you know, kind of took Schalke apart? And a lot of teams have been taking Schalke apart. A team that I thought was bound for relegation, like automatic relegation was a serious possibility. And then they pull that out of thin air. But then again, that's the regular derby for you. Yeah, it's just the weirdest thing uh, um, in the world, right? So I think, uh, but I think it's the same thing, you know. They're kind of getting tired. They're under a lot of pressure, even though they they could be more a little bit more relaxed right now, right? But I mean, the the derby is a is a, is a tough match for them. Sure, on that end, um, and I think it's the same thing. They're just getting tired as well. The same for Bayern, right? I mean, their performance to Nuremberg is the same thing, you know. So um, I think we just had a in general, a, a, a match day um, with lots of tired, non-fresh-brained teams. Um, and, and that's what I think why we had these weird uh, uh, match constellations. Yeah. You know? um, and Bremen as well, you know, Bremen lost. That was also strange. Um, Funko, I think, has got something kind of going on there with Dusseldorf and has probably told the guys, like, hey, look, we've actually secured... Uh, our Bundesliga status for another year when we all on this podcast when we mentioned what we're expecting to do and been uh, expected from the Bundesliga uh, we expected Dusseldorf to go down uh, they definitely have not Friedhelm Funkel has done some good stuff there uh, it's almost like as though that 7-1 butt whooping you know just triggered something in the team and they have done pretty good ever yeah. since but yeah uh, yeah, I would agree, nice but still, as you say, the season's already done for Dusseldorf, right? They're not; they have they will have nothing to do with the relegation. Whereas for Bremen, it's all in, you know. So from mm-hmm. that perspective, you don't really see 
uh, Düsseldorf beating Bremen, right? Especially Bremen is also kind of like a team of the hours, so to say, right? I mean, they had a great run. Um, and then for them, it's still all in the game. And for Düsseldorf, it's, it's you know, it's about the golden pineapple, so to say. And, uh, and that the fight for the golden pineapple is more important than the fight for Europe is not usual. Um, and yeah, I mean, lucky for us, but uh, yeah, we will, we will, we will see. But it's just weird. Like this was a total weird match day, and the whole Bundesliga is weird. And like the Stuttgart, you know, is still, uh, um, you know, still surviving. surviving. And uh, I mean, Hanover is out, obviously, and Nuremberg also. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, talk about Nuremberg. Uh, who would have thought that? You know, facing up against Bayern Munich, a traditional rivalry in that nick of uh, the country. Yeah. And uh, I mean, if it wasn't for a missed penalty kick, we'd be talking about a two-to-one victory for Nuremberg over Bayern. And keep, I mean, already with the draw, it keeps the title race still very much alive, which kind of sucks for us considering we play Bayern on the very final match day. Let's be honest, uh, we were hoping that either yeah. BFB you know, just blows the doors off them. Well, the classic car kind of screwed that up. And now, unless something happens, like, uh, in the next two match days for each team in a certain direction, we could seriously be looking at, you know, having to play Bayern Munich and needing a result in Munich. And let's be honest, I don't like that. I don't like having to do that because you're just uh, inviting yourself uh, to be well, yeah, that's true. But when I talked to, for example, with my friends about this, mm-hmm. most of them said, like, you know, there's nothing better in life than playing in Munich. It's Munich Championship or Frankfurt Champions League, right? So imagine that situation. Frankfurt mm-hmm. needs to win in Munich in order to qualify for Champions League. And, uh, and Bayern needs to win in order to get the championship. Now, you have that game, and for some miracle reason, same as in the Dave Bibokal finale, Frankfurt wins. So Frankfurt takes away the, uh, um, the, the title from, Bayern, from Bayern, and on the other hand, qualifies for Champions League. There would be a party day of the world. You, know? you would make any, everyone in Germany happy. Right? So, We'd also uh, make everybody in Germany happy if we end up playing on... Uh, May 29th for something serious. Yeah, I heard, I heard there's, there's maybe something coming up. Yeah, um, Something in Azerbaijan? Yeah, exactly. Nobody knows how why. Is that, is uh, I, I could almost ask how is that part of Europe, but I think that's a conversation that is left best left about for the money. Yeah. Uh, uh, ask the bank accounts of certain people and then you will know. <laughs> or um, organizations. Yeah, exactly. But Hey, these two results have definitely made things interesting in the Bundesliga title race. As I mentioned, uh, Stuttgart pulled out a 1-0 victory over Borussia Mönchengladbach, so that puts them with, because Schalke also won, uh, that still leaves a six-point gap uh, between 15th and 16th. As some people have not forgotten, uh, that relegation playoff against Nuremberg was not one of the easiest things to deal with. Uh, you got five points between Nuremberg and Stuttgart for that. So, I mean, it does look very firmly that Stuttgart is going to be going into the relegation playoff. The question only is who is going to face them in the Zweite Liga. And, hey, the run for the Europa League below us is still heating up. So, 
51 points is Leverkusen and Gladbach. And then 50 points is Hoffenheim. And then you have on 49 points, uh, you know, not too far out of it, especially since the Pokal finale is between Leipzig and uh, Bayern. So that means that seventh place will uh, have to go into the qualification phase for the Europa League. Golly, that's going to be starting in like July, which not too necessarily far away. Uh, yeah, Wolfsburg is an eighth on 49 points. And let's be honest, it, even Bremen on 46 can, with these last three remaining matches, uh, make a run. And all you need to do is get into seventh and voila. You know, you're, you're into the Europa League. Of course, if Eintracht uh, do make it to the U, uh, Europa League final, finishing in fifth or below, and win the Europa League final, that will actually give Germany five slots into the Champions League and and three slots into the Europa League. So eight total. Wouldn't that be something else? But uh, only if the Eintracht win the Europa League and do not finish in the Champions League. Because then uh, I think that Champions League spot that is available there for the winner of the Europa League that then goes to uh, one of the countries in the that has like three qualification spots i think that's either france or russia uh then would have three teams automatically into the group phase instead of two and one team through qualification i think that's how i heard that works but anyways it's a fun and interesting time to be following the bundesliga even if you're just you know in addition to following the eintracht and Needless to say, with our ma- remaining matches of away to Lever- uh yeah, away to Leverkusen, and then home to Mainz, and the- which I think, looking at that now, especially since they announced that uh, we're going to be yeah. playing on Sunday on Max Day Thirty Three, uh, to have an extra day of recovery period, because let's be honest, uh, Mondays suck, <laughs> not just in the yeah. workplace. Um, the Eintracht is uh, it's going to be interesting times, and I'm hoping because if anyone's curious of where Mainz is uh, on thirty, I mean they are uh, thirty, they are eight points, uh, excuse me, no, twelve points above Stuttgart in the relegation playoffs, so officially safe on thirty six points. But to them, they, there's nothing going on for them. They are literally, uh, yeah, on the beaches as. They could say, you could say, uh, kind of like uh, how I guess you could say Dusseldorf is in that same category because the likelihood that everyone dropping points like that and eighth place also then becoming a spot in the Bundesliga. That means European qualification is highly unlikely. And, you know, Freiburg is another team that's also kind of in that spot where, hey, guess what? We're officially say we're pretty much we're basically guaranteed safety now. But, you know, uh not it you know you can't qualify for anything else so the drive is gone and then you just get in the last couple of matches you always just get some random random results does anyone remember stuttgart winning away in munich what was it like two three nil just at random i mean yeah. it was just it was super weird yeah, end of seasons is always weird, right? I mean, there's always the, the little surprises here and there. And I mean, but at the end, you know, for us, it's, it's all in our hands, right? Champions League, we can do it. It's not too hard, you know. Yes, we have Leverkusen still uh, to play and Bayern. But, you know, all in all, you know, we just need to, uh, um, you know, 
maybe get one or two points out of those matches. And uh, then, of course, win to Mainz. And, uh, and, and I think that should be almost enough. I mean, we will see. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, it's most, mostly sad, I think, that we had such a great chance to, uh, um, you know, to make this giant leap uh, with Wolfsburg and, uh, and and Hertha, and we didn't. So that's, I think, yeah. the, oh, the saddest. But in, in, all in all, you know, I'm not pessimistic. I think the season is absolutely freaking amazing. And uh, I don't think anything tragic is going to happen. I think that Adi Hütte is doing just a great job on all ends. And I think the motivation for the players um, is going to stay high. So... Um, yeah, we, we we'll see. Will be a good game. Uh, will be good games coming up. So, I think it's it's good times to be a Frankfurt fan. Absolutely. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. So, moving away from the Bundesliga for just a little bit, uh, we're going to actually get into hashtag What are we drinking? Before we start talking about some news and notes and uh, pontificating about the Eintracht when it comes to player signings and of course our leg one match against Chelsea. So, Roman, it has been so long since we've had you on. What are you drinking? I know. Well, you know, the, the, I think there was, wasn't there with the last podcast that we recorded. There was something missing, right? So we kind of skipped one where I was there. Um, but anyway, so I am. Uh, I, I turned forty years old uh, just recently, and a friend of mine gave me a bottle of uh, whiskey. He said, like, oh, now nice. you're 40, you got to drink whiskey. So I was like, okay, here I am. I got my Glenfiddich single malt Scotch whiskey, and uh, I'm enjoying that now. Being in the fours. Oh my God! Oh wow! <laughs> I know, I know, it's crazy. This shit is crazy. <laughs> what can you do? How are you feeling about that? Uh, I think it's good. I like it. You know, there's a saying like a friend of mine said. You know, it's it's also nice to be in the. It's better to be in the early 40s than in the late 30s. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I can see that. You know, so it's. Uh, get, there you go. You know, next 40 years, and I'm 80. You know, so it's. Uh, <sighs> Different. Yeah, but in the meantime, Eintracht will be winning more than uh, we've won in the last 40 years. Exactly. That <laughs> is that is the magic of it, you know. Um, and yeah, I got the perfect birthday present, basically, with Frankfurt winning against uh, Benfica. And uh, yeah, so I think they're going to keep on keep on going with this in the 40 year, you know, 120 years of Frankfurt of, of the of, of the FAO and uh, 40 years of Roman, you know. <laughs> Where can you go wrong? Exactly, exactly. For me, I'm sticking with my favorite local uh, brewing company. This is KC Beer Company, the brewing company that puts the I back in beer. So uh, they brewed uh, their spring seasonal. It is it is the Maybach, uh, Amber Bach Lager. It's got a really smooth finish. And yeah, it's... They so their hops and that I found this really interesting because I started asking uh, one of the brewmasters a lot of questions and he pointed me to a few different stuff because uh, in their beer hall they actually have a an old pic, uh, an old map of old Germany separating the east and the west yeah it's that old and they actually have a spot of where they get their hops from from the uh, Bavarian Harotau Valley 
not exactly sure where that is, but uh, I think that's the hop uh, center of the world, basically. There you go. Pretty much is, but uh, does make um, some good stuff. I'll say that much. Yeah, but you have uh, you were watching the recent games not at the KC Beer Company, right? You used to watch mm -hmm. all the games, but then you you got a new a new location from time to time, right? Yeah, so when it does come on Sundays, as uh, this weekend will be, uh, I do find myself on Sundays traveling a little further north uh, from KC Beer Company uh, to Strange Days Brewing Company. Uh, we can kind of make mention of this. Right. This is, uh, yeah, this is a good time. Uh, it is in a historical location in the downtown area, Kansas City, on the side of an old, uh, an old and historic uh, brewery back in the days when uh, uh, a lot of uh, local communities owned their own breweries still, even after Prohibition. And. Uh, this family sadly eventually sold out to the Budweiser Company and then discontinued it. But uh, yeah, this brewing company called Strange Days Brewing has now reopened themselves, and uh, it they like to be the home of the Bundesliga in Kansas City on Sundays. So, and uh, they have a good alt beer right now. But uh, yeah, I can uh, do some uh, live uh, hashtag What Are We Drinking there, especially since they only. I mean, especially since they have. Uh, all inside an Eintracht Frankfurt scarf just hanging from the rafters along with some other scars of other teams that uh, are available, though not preferred. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, rambling right here on Hey Eintracht Frankfurt is a normal uh, operation. Um, that being said, uh, exactly. That's going to wrap it up for Hashtag What Are We Drinking? We'll be back with uh, talking a little bit about news and notes with the Eintracht in the lead up to uh, our matchup with Chelsea. But uh, stay with. And we're back. Episode 94 of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Only we'll six to go, my friend. Yeah, we're coming out to our century of episodes. Oh, uh, golly, we've had quite a few people over uh, the history of this podcast, needless to say. But so an interesting thing that and I think this is a perfect time since you are back now, Roman. Uh, Kevin Trapp has mentioned that he wants to stay, uh, though the big talking point with that is or I should say the big hurdle per se. And I don't think that, you know, he has said that uh, I would only stay. Previously, he would only stay if Eintracht was participating in Europe. Uh, that very much looks to be like Eintracht will be in one form or the other for next season. Uh, but the thing is, an obstacle for the Eintracht is, you know, how much would PSG, Paris Saint-Germain, uh, his uh, the club who owns uh, his contract, how much would they be asking Eintracht for uh, buy-on clause? Because these guys, they really are... They're rolling at the highest end of tables, needless to say, and throwing out some just stupid money when it comes to player transfers and everything else. It did kind of bring uh, to light that the Eintracht do have quite a few players on loan currently on our books to go through all of them. Philip Kostic, Martin Hinteregger, Sebastian Rode, uh, Kevin Trapp. So, uh, as Luka Jovic has been made... Uh, Permanent signing, uh, <laughs> kind of rubbing it in permanent, Benfica's permanent. face uh, when we did that. But uh, with the four players that we have currently on loan, uh, 
Well, I don't like you. But I think Roman one of the reasons actually for this was I was thinking about it, right? So while they were while the player was officially uh, um, part of uh, of Benfica, mm-hmm. I think the problem was that uh, um, uh, clubs trying to approach Frankfurt for him without any reason because Frankfurt didn't own the player, right? Because like I think in order for clubs to approach a player, they need to know which club to go to, so to say. Right, um, like on the official level, you know what I mean. So they kind of yeah, had yeah. to had to make this buyout clause finally official, because otherwise, you know, um, I think it would have been tough for uh, regulation-wise for other clubs to approach Frankfurt. That was like my little theory. I may be totally wrong, but um, but yes, since there are rules about how to approach a player, like when and how and if and. And uh, I think that was one of the issues, you know, because now everyone, now, now there's a direct link to Frankfurt. And so, yeah. But anyways, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think um, Hinteregger is going to be a tough one. Rode is going to be easy. I think they said some around 3 million, something around, you know, so that should be, uh, I would say, an easy purchase. Um, Hinteregger, of course, new coach at Augsburg. Sadly. <laughs> Sadly. You were really you were really pushing for Augsburg to not be firing their coach because you knew, hey, he's definitely not he's definitely gonna force the move and Augsburg's gonna be kinda hamstrung because kinda like a like in a Bruce Munch and Gladbach. So they have that uh, uh Torgan Azard who's been wanting to leave and then I guess uh, Max Abel uh, was like, oh yeah, uh, all these, you know, he's going to be available on the open market. And yeah. then, like the very moment that other clubs were sniffing around, he shot everyone down and said, yeah, I really just want to go to Bayfall Bay, which basically then means that Bayfall Bay is in a great negotiating standpoint. And he, you know, he's that guy is basically saying, hey, you transfer me now, or I transfer next summer and you get nothing. Yeah. So I'd like to think that. Hentereger, that there is still, I mean, I don't, maybe he has some sort of relationship with Martin Schmidt. I don't know. Maybe if there is a pre existing relationship. No, I think he's, uh, he's gone crazy for, for Augsburg. It's just about the bargaining power, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's uh, about it. Of course, with the old coach, the bargaining power would be a little bit higher for Frankfurt. But other than that, I think it's going to be uh, kind, of a, uh, kind of a solid case. I do think that when it does come, I mean, for me, Hintreger can look at Augsburg and think to himself, okay, so I either convince Augsburg to sell me on, and I think that Eintracht can get a re- him for a reasonable fee. I do think that if we were expecting to get him for a measly, like, one to three million, I think that's now uh, no longer the case. I think that Eintracht would have to fork over six to eight million, but that's still, I mean, relatively reasonable considering mm. the way that you know most transfers are working these days. And look, if we had Champions League money and you know he you know comes over, hey, guess what? You have that con- continuity within the squad, and I think that's really key with him and the other uh, defenders that the Eintracht have uh, on their books. But that's me. Yeah, but I think it's also, it's, it's a tough one, right? Because like, um, you don't really, or I don't really want to spend the, um, uh, the Champions League money on players that we already have in our squad. You know what I mean? Like, imagine we, uh, we like all the money, let's say we have about 20, 25 million to spend. 
um, without a soul. With let's say we 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 qualify for Champions League, we're going to keep Jovic, Rebic, and Haller in the team. Ideal situation. So maybe still we have about 25 million to invest in new players, and all that money is going to go to Hinteregger, Trapp, and uh, and Rode. Then we still need something, you know, on on the Da Costa side. And one or two, uh, like Hasebe, I mean, I love Hasebe, right, obviously, but, you know, we need at least a young one who can kind of, I don't know, so there are still some things we need to do, and spending all our Champions League money on players we already have in possession, even Mm -hmm. though we don't own them, that would be kind of... You know, that's, of course, the danger when you do these negotiations so late. Let's say if if they would have, like, to buy Hinteregger uh, a half year ago, uh, or uh, when they were getting the loan, would have been way cheaper than now, right? Obviously, because now people know that Frankfurt has money to spend and they will ask for it, right? And there was actually an interview with uh, with Bruno Hübner about Chelsea, you know, how we got like uh, Pearson and uh, um, uh, what's the other guy again? And Hector, right? And, and he said like, yeah, now you're going to sit opposite tables with those guys and now you're playing them. And um, and he was like asking, do you think we could still get those players from Chelsea? And he said, yeah, we could probably still get the players, but we would pay way more. We wouldn't get them so cheap anymore. So the problem is that now that Frankfurt has money, we're not going to get the steals as much as we used to. It's an interesting situation how things, how success also, um, you know, makes stuff more difficult. And... Um, yeah, and we will see how this is going to play out, especially with these key roles, with these key players. I mean, imagine like you, uh, Dortmund would say, everyone yeah, seven million for Rode, uh, fifteen million or fourteen million for Hinteregger, and uh, twelve million for Trapp, right? And boom, there's our money for the next season. Right. Uh, I will say this much: I do think that um, when it does come to all of the loanees, I think. The one who I can do without is Kevin Trapp, and here's why. PSG will ask for a lot of money. His agent will make sure that he gets a lot in wages because, I mean, shoot, Paris has been paying him plenty. I think then you just say, roll now, here's your run out. Go with it. And if uh, you just fall flat on your face, guess what? You were really cheap. And, uh, yeah. you know, we can just go forward with confidence knowing that, hey, we have three keepers on our books in Tobias Deal, And we also have uh, Jan Zimmerman, who has been re-signed with the Eintracht. So that yeah. being said, yeah, Kevin Trapp, definitely the one that I would be okay I would agree. with. It's sad, kind up. of. Yeah. But, exactly, yeah, I would totally agree. Because he really has enjoyed his return. And just... To be frank, look, if we're getting into the Champions League, we want to, you know, be we we need to add uh, at least two to three more players in terms uh, uh, players that can make immediate uh, first team impact because there are quite a few players who on this team uh, just hey look uh, age is just age is catching up with them. Uh, yes, I'm talking about Makoto Hasebe, Gasson Fernandez are two that are on the other side of 30. David Abraham is another. Marco Rose, I mean, those are four players right there that, I mean, Marco Rose has not really made 
many appearances this season, but uh, Abraham has made quite a lot of appearances, minus his time that he was injured, and Fernandez is in that same kind of group as well, along with Hasebe. Mm-hmm. Those are th- those are guys who have been a part of this team for quite some time who just, hey, guess what? You're on the other side of 30, and with one or two, uh, quite a bit on the other side of 30. For me, I think that it's going to be kind of interesting once we get our players also back from loan. Uh, I want to know what Daichi Kamada, you know, what he might be able to deliver to the Eintracht because he's been doing uh, totally really good. And, he, no, he's been doing really good in Belgium. And it's kind of like, you know, why not? It's like yeah. we didn't we didn't think that he would fit in, but he has proven himself to at least be doing a darn good job for, you know, a lesser team in Belgium. So it's kind of you know, worth a go. And hey, guess what? He's already, we already have him. You know, we don't have to spend any money. He basically would be almost like a new signing, you know, uh, in that sort of uh, light. But, you know, we've talked enough about our lonely situation. Roman, you wanted to, uh, you wanted to talk about the Zweiteliga a little bit since we we had kind of hinted on the, uh, since we talked about the relegation playoff. A uh, match that we used to be in uh, against FC FC Nuremberg. Um, so at the weekend, uh, FC Cone was defeated uh, by yeah, I'm forgetting who the heck it was because I was uh, paying attention more to Union versus Hamburg, which was yeah, quite, exactly. So let's talk about that first. Quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about it right now. So uh, Hamburg, you know. In the running for promotion, just, you know, yeah. they are on 53 points. They are just uh, six points behind Cologne and first. Look, when both of them went down, we all said, yeah, we'll see them back again. But Union, Berlin, I mean, wouldn't it be great to have a city derby, uh, an inner city derby, not just like a regional derby, like the Riviera derby or the Bavarian derby. Uh, wouldn't it be nice to have a city derby? in the Bundesliga and Union pumped two goals past Hamburg who just fell flat on their face and Hamburg are now in fourth place. I mean, only on goal difference, but still fourth place with three matches left to go, you know, not yet to 60 points. Unlike uh, when uh, Stuttgart and Hanover went down when both those guys qualified for the Bundesliga like three to four matches matches before the end of the season. I mean, both of them, they were jostling for one and two uh, up until the very end, but it very much was clear that both of them were going up. And to be honest, this is at this very, very late stage, this is a four, uh, a four horse race for the promotions, the two promotion spots. I personally believe that Cologne is up despite the fact that um, they lost at the weekend, which was a little weird. Uh, but, you know, they didn't like the kind of situation that they were shipping, uh, playing poor defensively. And this coach that they spent a lot of money on, well, relatively speaking, a lot of money on, and Ang Feng to be brought in to 
make them nice and exciting. Guess what? Cologne said, yeah, you're creating a little bit of rift between some pretty well-established players that are in our squad. And after Cologne's two, and it was against Darmstadt. Uh, sorry for that kind of yeah. mind blank yeah. there. So a uh, uh, fellow Hessian club, not the Hessian club that we like, needless to say, by a long shot. <laughs> but a 2-1 win for Darmstadt, a team that is very much in the that middle pack that, uh, guess what? We have no shot of promotion. We got no shot of getting relegated. And they just put it back. They were almost about to be relegated, right? I mean, they had a tough fight. I mean, they had to fire their coach, Darmstadt, and uh, now now they're back in the game, I think after winning like four or five games in a row almost, right? So they had a, they're had they in a great comeback time right now because they were yeah, almost Yeah, Dirk Schuster was, uh, was the coach and. Yeah. Uh, they thought, oh, we just bring him back and the good times will return. And now they have uh, a Greek coach who I've never heard of. I know he played uh, in the Bundesliga in the ni- in the 90s and the early 2000s. But, I mean, it's not like yeah. it, not to any great extent. But, yeah, taken over there. One an interesting story that I would like to get your opinion on, Roman, SC Paderborn. Now they were they got they were in the Bundesliga for one year. I think that was yeah. 2013. No, 2012, 2013. Does that sound about right, or is it 2013, 2014? Oh, about this, yeah, yeah. One of those two. And then yeah. they got re- they got relegated the their very first year in the Bundesliga. Then what was next was an an another yeah uh, another immediate relegation to the Zweite Liga, and then they were getting re- they were in the process getting relegated to wait for it yes they were gonna get relegated to the dritta liga and then all the way they got relegated to dritta liga and then they got were to be relegated to the regional liga you know a precipitous fall needless to say and then 1860 uh didn't have the license to play in the dritta liga and they got saved so what did they do? They made it to the quarterfinals of the Pokal last season and got promotion from the Dritta Liga, made the quarterfinals of the Pokal this season, and currently sitting in second place. Um, not exactly a part of the country, Roman. I think you can agree with me that a lot that kind of it leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, but Paderborn has had this pretty meteoric rise and it's kind of scary that you know they're now on the cusp of making it up and uh for a return to the bundesliga yeah so the whole second league situation i mean it's, it's really uh, i mean it's always the same thing you know they're like two souls in my chest uh, as, as i say with goethe you know ach, zwei Seelen wohnen ach in meiner Brust. and uh, of course on the one hand i want the bundesliga to uh, be full with cologne and hamburg and stuttgart and schalke you know and then on the other hand you know i would just love to for hamburg not to uh, to promote and uh, i would just love for schalke to relegate and i would love for you know stuttgart to relegate again but yeah, I mean, the second league is just so cool right now, right? I mean, there's the situation with Cologne, even though they're, like, on the first situ- first place. But then, I mean, Faye is the sports director sport, <laughs> you know, firing the coach for whatever reasons. I mean, I kind of get it, but still, um, it's... 
it's, I think it's the wrong move to do anyways, but I can see why they're doing it. And then, of course, Hamburg is just in the shits. And with Union Berlin, me as an old, since I lived in Berlin for a while, I, I loved going to the stadium um, and, and watch the good old Union games. And uh, so, yeah, I, I would be really fond of Union making it. And Paderborn, yeah, Paderborn is, I actually don't want them in the Bundesliga, you know. Mm. I'll take him for the chance that HSV doesn't do it, you know. But for me, like, worst case uh, would be, you know, Paderborn getting in and and Hamburg uh, two or not, you know, whatever. Like, Paderborn relegation, I'm in, but I want Union to be, like, this is my big thing. Like, I want uh, um, Union uh, Berlin to to promote. That's my, that's my, on my wish list. And, uh, yeah, but it's so fun also to watch the second league right now, right? So it's really cool to follow what's happening. So the whole league is interesting. Bundesliga is super interesting about, you know, all, like, who, Who's going to be champion? It's about Champions League. Who's going to be in Champions League? It's about Europa League. Who's going to qualify Europa League? Relegation is almost boring. You know, usually we have the relegation fights. And this time, you know, it's pretty obvious that Hanover and Nuremberg are going to go down. And uh, and, and, and Stuttgart is just going to have the relegation match. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's super cool. I just love watching football right now. And then, of course, Europa League. Champions League 2, today... Uh, Ajax beating Tottenham, you know. I mean, give me a break. Like it's uh, it's 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 just awesome for a for a football fan to uh, to watch what's happening right now. Indeed, indeed. Because hey, you know, as Forbes did say, uh, it's not Ajax that's the surprise package. It's the Eintracht that's the surprise package. Correct. And Even I do though think- wrong in their in their article, they said that Frankfurt never won the Bundesliga, right? Which we all know is wrong. I mean, we we won the championship in '59. You know, they kind mm-hmm. of not a good. I think they're they're It's kind of like with. You know how the English, when they talk about their league, they talk about just the Premier League, pretending like as though uh, that the beautiful game did not exist before mm. the creation of the Premier League, and that they are totally ignoring the history of German football, uh, yeah. uh, everything that happened uh, prior to the Bundesliga being formed. You know, doesn't count, which is a shame because you know. There's so much history there. And yes, the Eintracht did have our uh, one title. And then, guess what? We got to play in the European Cup. And we went all the way to the bloody final. Exactly. Yeah, Still the match of the century. Frankfurt versus Real Madrid, right? Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Romantic notions. Indeed, Roman. Uh, So we have... (laughs) Back in the days. Yeah. I still remember that. (laughs) <laughs> not this is yeah i was about to say i'm like yeah, 40 uh, years old 40. but not that old yeah exactly yeah, i was about to say roman you're only 40 bro <laughs> yeah i know i know but so let's talk about this team Erste Runde, Brunby. no that was the wrong one yeah i'm telling you international eintracht frankfurt international Ob Rom, Mailand oder London, right? And that's what you got to see, right? The, the one sentence we've been singing from the beginning on, we beat Rom, we beat Mailand, and I'm using the German uh, pronunciation, obviously, of those cities, uh, and we're going to beat London, right? Because that's what we've been singing all the time. Indeed. Teams specifically from West London uh, need to preface that. Also, the fact that if I can get one over on my cousin... 
Oh, that would be good. So this is the first time that we've actually ever made. Uh, eh, he he is from uh, the rather rich side of the city, and that is his quote neighborhood club. Which I then looked at him and said, "How can you really be a neighborhood club when uh, you had it's you know always kind of been funded by millionaires and now billionaires?" But you know. Yeah, but uh, what's happening with them anyways? I mean, like the, I mean, they're like sucking the league. I mean, of course they don't suck in the league, but compared, you know, where Chelsea league, where Ch- in what type of league Chelsea was playing, you know, mm-hmm. they're like, I don't know, is Abramovich not interested anymore? Like, is did he, is it not his favorite toy anymore? Like, what is what's what's that? What's what, what's all Let's about see. it? Why is um, everything about City now and and Liverpool and, um, is he yeah. going to put? more millions in the club next season like you don't really hear anything about Chelsea I think yeah Chelsea's got like a lot of quote players on their uh, books but there's not like a real kind of there's not this big you know drawing power that they used to be so uh, Maurizio Sarri is the manager an Italian man from Napoli uh, who did pretty well in Naples, who uh, finished in the... They got knocked out by uh, London Arsenal in the most recent round of the Europa League. Chelsea has had a bit of an up-and-down season. Uh, he, The coach has really not made any friends in the media or with the fans, and it does seem to... This is a team that does seem to get very emotional and, you know, the emotions of its uh, diminutive but rich owner, Roman Abramovich. Um, I mean, shoot, at one point it looked like he wasn't going to give them any money for summer signings because uh, his passport was, I guess, in loot, like just kind of just kind of hanging out there. It's like, oh, we don't really even know if he's going to be allowed to stay in the country. Well. Thank you, Brexit, for that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so Chelsea, uh, Torgan Azard of uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, his brother, Eden Azard, has been a good player for Chelsea for a good long while. But the fact of the matter is that this is a team that kind of looks at the Europa League as, well, I mean, we're trying to balance our you know, work in work in the domestic league along with work in Europe. And they haven't really played much of anyone. Uh, the most recent team that they played in the knockout, just to kind of go over who they played in the knockout phase, so they had uh, the rivals of Shakhtar Donetsk in uh, Dinamo Kiev. Uh, they played them. They played uh, Slavia Prague. Uh, come on, you know. Uh, that's the the Czech league is not exactly the Bundesliga when it comes to the kind of uh, week in week out sort of opposition that they have, and I'm forgetting. Look, I'm forgetting someone else that they obviously played. Uh, yeah, in it doesn't matter. Round of 32, but the but fact that- of the matter is they haven't really been tested in a European setting, and there are no venues in the Premier League that are as ferocious as the Vaudstadion. Yeah, and of course, not to mention that they already had 36 games uh, in their league, right? So since they mm-hmm. have a few more games in, in, in the Quite Premier League, um, and also their cup games, you know, since they have two cups, so to say, 
And uh, the other thing is obviously that he they're still in, in fear of losing their Champions League, right? They're on fourth right now with Arsenal right behind them with just a two-point difference. So they still really need to focus also on the Premier League, right? Because if they do not qualify for Champions League, it's going to be a different game than for us, right? So um, And I think they're pretty confident in winning, beating Frankfurt. So I think they're kind of taking it probably uh, at least the first match on a lighter side. Um, and and let's just hope, yeah, that we score at least one or two goals. Um, uh, I think that's what we need to do at home, at least. And like, I mean, we got to do. I mean, you take the Benfica game. I mean, that's the sad part that we get first our uh, home match and then our away. Uh, and I don't think we can win in London, right? I don't think that. I think London is at least, uh, the Chelsea is gonna uh, score at least two goals in their game, in their home game. And so we already need to prepare for that. You know, So that's what I think is kind of like tough. Uh, I think a, a draw is not going to be enough and a 1-1 is also not going to be enough. Um, so that's kind of what I fear, um, that you kind of have to take into account the away game. But uh, yeah, they, they'll kick ass. <laughs> Indeed, that is uh, what is to be expected. And if I'm going to go out on a limb, I will say that the Eintracht comes away with a 2-1 to victory. I do think that it's going to be really hard to shut down uh, Chelsea in terms of, like, shut them out. Like we Even did, though they had some injuries right now, but Rudiger's yeah. out, you know, so, I mean, sorry to hear and, and all sorry, but, of course, there's a little advantage to us. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we got we got to take every... Every straw, every piece um, that is offered to us, you know, we, we, yeah, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be cool. For me, I do think that the Eintracht really needs to pour on the heat. And I think that, uh, like, with my, with my 2 1 prediction, I do think that that will rattle Chelsea and they'll be thinking, oh, we'll just pick a one goal uh, when it comes to, you know, playing back at home. Thing is, I think that they will underestimate the Eintracht, and we are going to go through. But we're just focusing on like one right now, shall we, Roman? Yeah. That being said, it's been a long time since you've been on the show, so thank you for coming back. Where can we find you in the social media landscape of the world? Of course, you'll find me on Twitter on SF Bay Eagles. Alrighty, and Roman, did you know this game is on TV? Yeah, I. I... Spanish. Well, what do you mean, TV? Univision oh, Deportes. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't know that. Uh, no. Yes, yeah, so uh, technically on TV, but not exactly uh, like normal. So uh, that will be a little bit uh, fun, needless to say. Yeah, we don't know yet where to watch. Where are you going to watch the game? Uh, to be determined, to be honest. Uh, right now, um, uh, yeah, I'm planning on actually going to work. Though there's a tiny chance that I might just play hooky at the very last second. Just saying. You know, this is a monumental moment for the Eintracht. And can imagine, don't, yeah. really, don't really want to miss out. So, Yeah, we don't know yet whether we watch at Denny Coyles or South Beach Cafe. Uh, we don't know yet because obviously lunch is a different situation. Uh, but yeah, we haven't decided yet. But of course, if you follow the SFB Eagles on Twitter or Facebook, you will uh, find out where we will be watching the game. If you are in the San Francisco Bay Area, join us for the match. Excellent. Excellent. 
And that all being said, uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, this has uh, been a joy to always bring this uh, covering the Eintracht uh, all the time. Episode 94. We hope you have enjoyed this. You can follow Damn. us. Uh, yeah, exactly. You can follow us on Twitter. That is at HEFPod. Facebook.com slash HEFPod. All the need to know uh, news and information on the Eintracht in the English language. So, that being said, uh, rate all the podcast. Us- we need all five stars ratings on the podcast. <laughs> comments, all of the above. Share. And yeah, we need your help to grow. Indeed. If you know Eintracht fans who are not aware of our podcast, please feel free to share. Let us know what you think. Uh, if you believe that we should talk about certain other topics, feel free to tweet the show, email the show at heyeintrachtfrankfurt at gmail.com as well. And we always love to read those guys out uh, during the show. So, exactly. Roman, that being said, uh, from all of us here, and uh, from myself, Brian Sanders uh, and Roman uh, from us here. uh, Cheers. Europa's beste Mannschaft. Cheers. Hey, Antrag Frankfurt, Schalala.